our guest today is um, a special guest and is always surrounded at any point of time by animals, be it dogs, cats, horses, and I'm sure Roxanne will, will tell us more. Our guest today is Roxanne Davur, and she runs the Paradise Shelter in Karzat in Maharashtra. If you like the content, please do subscribe to the channel. Thank you. Probably Paradise Shelter is uh, near Karzat in Maharashtra, uh, which Roxanne calls a dying space for animals. She is also a master trainer in uh, animal welfare and an animal activist. Um, hi, Roxanne. Hi, Sunjata. Hello. Right. So welcome to Cafe Rainy Days. Okay. So my, my very first question to you, Roxanne, is... Who who is a master trainer in animal welfare? What is my friend? This was an exam set up around 20 years ago by Mrs. Menika Gandhi to educate people in a very uh, ignored law called Prevention of Cruelty to Animals Act, a very comprehensive act dealing with all types of animal cruelties but um, nobody took it seriously. Jarawal Nehru promoted scientists, teachers, engineers, doctors, and of course they have been treating animals cruelly and illegally. And uh, this was just to brush it up, bring it back to the public notice. We have become quite an army in the meantime, over 20 years. It became quite fashionable to be involved with animal welfare. Um, a lot of the old wives' tales on animals we are trying to explode, and um, it is sometimes quite freaky what cruelties or natural, normal cruelties, what people take as normal, and we will take as cruel. I work on the same principle as treat others as you wish yourself to be treated, mm. even in little things <clears throat> like. Today, don't clutch, don't grab, don't hold down, don't uh, use superior strength to show your authority. How would you like to be treated in a doctor's office? Then you treat the animals the same way. Talk to them, explain to them. I haven't been bitten in years because just give the animal that two minutes. You don't have to grab and hold down. And so basic cruelties that, uh, whether it's slaughtering of animals, you know, it's my right as a meat eater to have meat on my menu. Hmm. Yeah, but who did you ask? Did you ask them, do you want to be killed? Then eat roadkill, pick up roadkill, have your, meat supply from them mm. but no 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 that they don't want to do and don't forget most animals in india are anyway downed animals which means they are sick they are incapable of any work so that's why they're being slaughtered and served on the table they might not be old but 
And of course, the leather industry and the milk industry. So we have a lot of young cattle being killed off because they haven't produced. Mm. And this uh, incredible urge to drink cow's milk is quite freaky. But now we have camel's milk and donkey's milk and horse's milk. And so, I mean, it's a big industry, this milk industry, which is a big fake. It doesn't give you calcium. It doesn't, it's not healthy for you. And the marketing, uh, the, the public marketing has been so strong. But if you repeat a lie, Often enough, people think it's the truth. Mm. Women are weaker. Women are witches. <laughs> Women are evil, bad. They will trap a man into marriage. Mm. Um, you've got them. We've got them in England. We've got them in India. We've got a lot in the States. I mean, I mean, especially these pro-lifers. I really have no time for them, you know. The baby has a right, yeah, the baby has a right, but you don't give a female, a cow the right, or you don't give a female dog the right, but suddenly a baby has the right. Mm. So I tell the men who are chanting away pro-life, you, the day you shit a three and a half kilo melon, you tell me about having a baby. When I was introduced to you, she had already said to me that uh, she's a no-nonsense Parsi lady. And I'm sure the audience can say, see what, what she means by no-nonsense. Um, you're clear about what you're trying to promote. Um, the, the other thing that comes to mind is uh, you've said in other interviews and in other places that how you treat your animals is how you would perhaps be treating your women and children or vice versa, and it follows. Mm. I mean, basically, it's very simple. Women, children, and animals are treated as commodities. In the slave labor business, they're in the um, prostitution. It is a commodity. Okay, go back a few decades. You might remember a case in England called the Profumo case. I, I'm not familiar. No. All right. So there was a young girl, 16 years of age, Christine Keeler, a friend, Mandy Rice Davis, and they happened to sleep with two gentlemen who happened to be on opposite sides of the political arena. One was a Russian uh, colonel and one was a British politician. The men got nothing. Those two kids went to jail. I mean, how did they know? They were told to go and sleep with those guys by their, well, I mean, you could put it politely, pimp, but he went and killed himself, like the very famous case in America. Um, he goes and kills himself and leaves the woman to deal with the shit. I have personally worked for Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton. I know how much charisma Bill Clinton has. I mean, I have mm. seen it face to face. Mm. That man has charm that is incredible. It is an incredible, powerful tool. I've seen him charm a crowd of 50,000 people who were technically not very fond of him. And still he managed to charm them and talk to them and make everybody feel that he was talking to them one-to-one. -one. Mm. And you expect a 21-year-old girl, girl, no, but she was the bad girl. She was the girl who had an affair with him. And mm. even if he's standing there saying, I never had an affair. So why is it always the woman who is victimized? Men too, I agree, men do have the wrong end of the stick sometimes. 
But when I tell them, get off your ass, go and get a detective, follow this woman. She's not doing it to you for the first time. If she's cheating you or robbing you, whatever, follow it up. Open your mouth, talk about it. Men don't. So their ego problem is not mine. If you can't get your act together, then suffer. I tell women that. Talk about it. No, what will the neighbors say? I don't care what the neighbors say. That's not my problem. In England as well, you get women being beaten up on a Saturday night after the alcohol intake. Talk about it. Then you'd go to the cop station. They say, oh, you probably deserved it. I said, I beg your pardon. Repeat that loudly because I will now file a case against you as a cop. But no, you know, people shut up and say, oh, no, we'll have consequences. There are certain things in life which you have to put your foot down on and say, it's enough. I get them at the shelter. People who say, oh, you're so mean to us. You're so rude to us. I said, no, I'm not. And you're in my house. So piss off. <laughs> if you don't like the way I do things, go away. Can't you tie up the dogs? No. Can you put them in pens? No. I'll allow you to chase them off the chairs, but then sit down. Don't stand around and talk about it and say the dog is back in the chair. How many animals do you have at the moment? Roxanne? We have around hitting 400 animals at the moment. 400? Yeah, it adds up very fast. This is what um, the usual cats, dogs? We horse. have cats, dogs, donkeys, ponies, horses, a couple of cows and a couple of goats. Yeah, that's about it at the moment. A lot of rats and crows, <laughs> yes. but they have sort of, they're walkings. They've come by themselves. <laughs> so running such a massive operation, I've read somewhere that you have to, uh, is it cook 100 kilos of chicken for their meal? We cook around uh, 70 kilos of chicken waste. Right. We don't kill for the animals here. No. No. We pick up waste. So it's heads and feet. Um, it's uh, skin. So we, we cook that up along with sometimes rice. We don't give that much rice. Right. Rice being a very popular filler in India. Um, and of course, white rice has absolutely no use to an animal. It's no nutrition, even for a human. So we've cut down a lot on rice because mm. especially animals with skin problems or arthritic problems uh. shouldn't be having rice. Um, yeah, that's for the dogs and the cats and liver. Yeah, we do use liver. And um, the horses get a pre-mixed feed because I can't be there mixing and mashing and boiling in the evening and having it standing the whole day. That would drive me crazy. I don't have the staff for that. Yes. So we use a pre-mixed feed and everybody eats everybody's food anyway. So it must be tasting better. It's theirs, you know. It's like a huge animal joint family, isn't it? <laughs> it's a mixture between a boarding school and a joint family, yes. What's the most unusual animals that you've had? Nothing really unusual. I don't get much wildlife. If wildlife right. comes in, I get it out as fast as possible. Okay. We have very weird forest department who can never make up their mind. Am I illegal or am I not legal, you know? So where, where did this love for animals come from? I've read I that wouldn't even call it a love for animals. I wouldn't term myself an animal lover as a banker would not term himself a money lover. Let's put it quite frankly, I enjoy the company of animals. I like waking up to a whole lot of animals. It's far sight better than husbands and children and relations and 
Um, they don't harbor grudges. You can bitch at them first. Get out of the way. I want a cup of tea first. They're going, yeah, right. You know, <laughs> they will have no inhibition of swiping my tea. And I enjoy their company. And you do wake up with a smile on your face. You do have a giggle and a laugh. You do have a shout and a bellow because the donkey has made himself tiptoed into the kitchen and is wrecking the joint. You know, it's it's fun. Yeah. And what's wrong with having fun in your life? Yeah. But but where did this sort of fun start from? Were you surrounded with animals? Always, always. Oh. We always had animals in the house. Yes. Right. And if I got bitten or kicked or damaged, my father's first sentence was always, what did you do to the animal? It is not like, oh, it's Tuesday, let's go and bite Roxanne. Nobody thinks that way. No animal does. And actually, if you look through research papers, animals don't really like human flesh. Hmm. They hmm. like calling it man-eater, never woman-eater, but uh, man-eater. Because if they did eat up, you wouldn't find a body. That's one of the main things in the wild. Whoever kills the animal has the first lot, then somebody else has the next lot. Then we had vultures who would clear it up and the bones disintegrated. But we find bodies. And I'm sorry, you cannot blame the tigers all the time. You definitely cannot blame the tigers anyway. Very, very rarely. And I, in my lifetime, I haven't experienced it where somebody, a tiger goes and actually eats a body. Human flesh is not that exciting. So yes, they might kill a human because it's encroaching in their property. But don't forget, tigers don't really have lawyers. It's, oh, that one tiger killed that person, you know, and great, let's kill him off. I wish they would react that fast with human men. Oh, look, he killed five people, burnt them alive in a car. Oh, yes, let's make him a politician now. Do unto others as you wish others. So if you want to go around killing chickens, be prepared to have your throat cut. And it does happen. I'm sorry. Karma, whether you call it physics, what goes around comes around, or you call it karma or kismet. As, as an animal activist, Roxanne, what, what are the main issues that have to... Cruelties. 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 Main issue. Whether it's rape, whether it's beating up rape, Rape oh, really? is very common, oh. yeah. Oh. And, and I will talk about it. It's obviously not talked about as much because, you know... Not in England, think... not in America, but in America, in, in Europe, it's legal. And here it's not. Yeah, of course it's legal in Europe. Wow, okay. And in America, in some states, yeah. That's unbelievable. So Abandoning, uh... it all comes under cruelty, you know. Hmm. Oh, COVID is over. Let's dump the dog in the middle of the road, you know. And hmm. the cops being uneducated. Police here are totally uneducated in any law, not just animal welfare, in any law. They are, the job is the public prosecutor, and he does nothing here in India. I've stood in court, and the public prosecutor said, oh, you please, you take it over. You know more than I do. So I'll be standing in the public prosecutor's little wooden box doing his thing, you know. So he's saying to you that you seem to know yeah. more than I write. Yeah, you do it, you know, even though I'm technically a witness or I have put the case or whatever. You see, yeah. in India, don't forget, the police very rarely work on this sumo moto, which means that you have to come and tell them you've been killed. You have to come and tell them you were raped. Excuse me, you found a body of a raped girl that has been murdered, well, but nobody filed the case. 
Have you identified? Have you told a family? Nay, we don't know who she is. So why can't you file a case? It's like a shopkeeper in India. Mm. You go to a shop, you want to say, I want a pot or a pan, he will give you a pot or a pan. He will not say, what do you want to use it for? Oh, I want to use it to murder my husband. Then why don't you take a cover <laughs> instead? A cast iron cover. He won't sell you anything, you know. He, you have to go in and buy. And it's the same thing with the cops. It's very much the same thing as the politicians. I have a friend who was working in, uh, what's it called, with the cops. They're basically the section where they investigate government officials for bribery and illegality right. and whatnot. So they have the top equipment, you know, little buttonhole cameras and all sorts of stuff. And he came and visited me here at the shelter. <laughs> and I'm going, aren't you supposed to be in Delhi? He said, yes. I said, and? He said, well, I've got nothing to do. Nobody comes and complains. Oh. I've got the equipment of the equipment. No, they'll all bitch about the government, but they won't do anything about it. So he says, instead of sitting in my office, I'm traveling around the country. So, so what about your shelter, Roxanne? Are the animals here with you? Are they abandoned? Sort of? It varies. It varies. Now, we have a lovely law in, well, it's a definition of owners in the PCA Act, which means that the owner is the person who's holding the rope. Irrelevant if they're the actual owner. The person holding the rope is considered the owner. Dogs, donkeys, horses on the road, I can pick up. I'm the owner. Even if I have 10 guys running behind me, screeching their heads off, they have to prove it. I go to a cop station. Um, I can file the case and said this animal needs treatment. Then if they insist that it's theirs, then we go to court and they get all the doodads like you have to pay for the vet's fees and things like right. that. I've had people come here wanting donkeys and things. Oh, I lost five donkeys. That doesn't mean you can pick up five donkeys from my shelter. Because hmm. donkey milk is the big thing in India at the moment. And it goes between 2,000 and 50,000 rupees a litre. It's very nice to be isolated in the, in the countryside <laughs> with a lot of animals and not worry about things like this. Yeah, of course, I have to get donations in and beg because we run entirely on donations. Come up with new ideas. We do education. This year, we've done about 60 vets and vet graduates and vet students on teaching them about horses and... Uh, um, top-of-the-line sterilization operations, teaching them who have come out of college and know nothing. How much staff do you have, Roxanne? We have about 14 staff, 15 with the vet included. Yeah. Which and is so around 60%, 70% minus. Oh, <laughs> that's how much you need. Wow, yeah, so much more. So how, how much one, I quoted um, a few figures uh, in the past about how much it needs for you to run um, the place? Well, um, my staff salaries are around uh, two lakhs. So two lakhs a month just goes on basic salary. I can't afford medical insurance. I can't afford anything like that. And then comes food, which is about a lakh and a half for dogs, wow. the dry food, and yeah, and then the wet food as well. So one lakh 80, one lakh mm. 90. Mm. Uh, then the horse feed, and I tend to get it in bulk because of the transport costs. So we get around 50 bags at a time, which is about one, one and a half months. So that's up to around six lakhs without 
maintenance. Wow. Yeah, that's including medication. Right. But I go once a year and buy in bulk. Right. So we have an ambulance full and we have an Innova full and things like syringes, cotton wool, stethoscopes, which you have to get every now and then. Um, All the sort of human-based medicines I can pick up from the wholesaler. Uh, Basic antibiotics. Sedation is a whole other theme because of the laws here in India. So any um, anesthesia, sedation, euthanation, uh, we have to get separately. You know, I, I, when I was introducing the shelter, I said, you explain it as a dying space for animals. Um, what happens when they die? We bury them. Oh, okay. And, and, but, but where? Do you have enough land to bury them? Or um, is there- we, we are buried on the property and we have 55 acres of forest land on either side of us. I can bury them there, yes. Yeah. Old age, whatever. But they can die peacefully in their own time. You know, they're not run over because they can't get up fast enough for a car. They become deaf. Everybody says, well, why was he lying in the road? Why did you build the road? It wasn't there 10 years ago. Another thing that I was surprised to read about was you've said somewhere you've got a dog who has dementia. I didn't even know dogs get dementia. Yes, that has started recently because in India was the habit of killing street dogs. Street dogs used to be euthanized once a year in horrible and cruel fashion. In 98, we started questioning because it was technically rabies control and there was no control. Okay, there are no records of rabies in India. All these figures that the World Health Organization pull up and say 25,000 deaths is all pulled from the air. There's absolutely no record in India. It's not a recordable disease in hospitals, nothing. Yeah. So where they get these figures, we don't know. We have a few NGOs like WVS and Blue Cross, Tamil Nadu, who are trying to record rabies deaths. I think they had three deaths in Tamil Nadu. 9% of rabies deaths is stupidity. They don't go and take the vaccines. They say, oh, you know, it wasn't worth it. It was a little scratch. So we have plenty, you have plenty of cases of avoiding and preventing rabies. When people don't do it, then you can't blame the animal. Now in Kerala, if you give a dog rabies vaccinations, you're either very rich and you're making money off it. All dogs have rabies. If it's in the road, it's got rabies. What is their other story? I mean, I had one medical doctor in Kerala vaccinating 36 members of a family against rabies because a dog ran across the road in front of them. And the family was gullible enough to um, take the Sweetheart, you do realize how much does a child learn between the ages of, say, two and five. Learns to walk, learns to sit, learns to talk, learns to eat, learns to shit and poo. Is basically biologically capable of looking after itself after the age of five. Then mm. they go to school and they have to have top marks in 10 subjects. And then as they keep increasing, it goes to, hang on a minute, my ch- chair's being chewed on. <laughs> Who's that? Then they go to college and they learn one subject. Mm. And then after 10 years, they've got their PhD and they can teach. And they've never worked in their life before. 
They have no experience, whatever topic you're, whatever, whether it's NIT or whatever. Yeah. And they're considered intelligent. I've had cardiologists say to me, I don't learn, I teach. And I'm going, yeah, look at you. <laughs> so you were telling me about dogs getting dementia. Yes, sorry. So, yeah, up till 20 years ago, it was, they were killed. They were very rarely older street dogs. You will find now with more facilities, they always find something wrong with pets and breed dogs. Hmm. Breed dogs aren't living that much longer, 12, 10, 12, because due to irregular genetics, no genetic testing, bad breeding is going on. And breed dogs are crossovers. They are cross dogs. They are mixtures. They are the official pie dog. Yeah. Whereas our street dogs are the ones with a genuine history and a genuine breeding program, you know, where you're getting the best of the best. I've got a dog that's 20, a street dog. And uh, well, the lady's fed her for 20 years, so she could be a little bit older. Um, fine, friendly. Wow. <laughs> and we do get dogs with dementia, as it happens to elderly people as well. The brain starts going. I never know if it's selectable deafness and selected. <laughs> so you have relatives who go, I can't remember her, you know. So it's, it's just that dogs just weren't allowed to go that grow that old yeah uh, nobody knew right so that's an, another thing that I've noticed that you you really promote the street dogs the Indian dogs um well, let's be more convenient right what sort of dog do you want in this country you want dogs who will survive the heat survive the rain survive the cold survive the floods yeah it's your Indian dog yeah and don't forget this breed has been running around the last four five thousand years Hmm. Whereas the British breeds or the American breeds have been around for 100, 200 years maximum. Hmm. They went abroad. I mean, there's a very strong suspicion of the dingoes being the Indian street dogs heritage. The dingoes in Australia, if you look at them, photograph them, they look like our Indian street dogs. Okay. You go mm -hmm. to Guatemala, same thing. They could easily be Indian dogs. You go to Thailand, anywhere. So there you have the shipping industry to thank for it, you know, yes. Yes. because they used to carry cats, carry dogs to get rid of rats, this, mm. that, and the other, you know. Mm. Um, that's how you transported plants, whether it's your lemon or your citradora or your um, quinine. What was your malaria tree called? Chincona. Mm. That's how you got your gin and tonic because it was your mm. malaria preventive. Yes, right, right. You know, right. so, I mean, it's always associated somehow down the line, you know. Yes. yes. Whether it's slave labor or dementia. it We have it in India as much as the government doesn't want to accept it. Mm. I'm just trying to get people away from the idea of using animals as slaves. But you've heard it in England. Like, did you ask the cow to take her milk? No, I give her food and a house. But you say the same thing about your wife and you're not stealing your cow, uh, milk. Am I being a cynic or am I being sarcastic? Or... <laughs> yes, I sarcastic. just say it as it is. I just say it as it is, you know. <laughs> That's lovely. Um, I, I was just about to say, so, you know, you see so much of how dogs and cats are different. Um, what, what about other species? You must, you must have so much of experience with, you know, how a horse is different to a donkey or, 
Um, you also talk about how a horse and a pony is different. Um, it's a different species. Um, well, yes and no. If you ask a vet, he'll say no. I'll say as a non-vet, yes. Yeah. And, and do you see differences sort of? Oh, yes, a lot. They're completely like chalk and cheese. Okay. Or? Putting it politely, a thoroughbred has the intelligence of a three-year-old. Oh. He is not bred for intelligence. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Indian trainers cannot cope with intelligent racehorses. Mm. They don't want intelligent racehorses. Putting it very politely, ponies are buggers. They, if there's mischief to be made, they will make it. Mm. And donkeys are downright evil. I'm sorry, but they are, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> People say to me, oh, Lord, how long does it take to train a donkey? So I said, repeat that. How long does it train, do you take to train a donkey? I said, by that time, the donkey's trained you. Okay. In that one, 10 seconds, he's trained you up, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can open doors, open locks. They have a stubbornness and they are highly intelligent. So they have survived. Yes. Donkeys are a joy. I mean, there is nothing better than having a donkey companion. Mm. Forget the dog. Dogs are bribable. They'll go to anybody who gives them a biscuit. They keep saying dogs are loyal and dogs are... No, they're not. Cats feel that you can have great companion cats who will travel the world with you in your backpack. Cats are delightfully independent. The old saying goes, dogs think you're the god and cats think they're the god. You have to adjust. Mm. But they still make you laugh. When you stand there and you go, why am I getting up at six o'clock to feed the animals? And then I can crawl back into bed, you know. But they make you laugh. They, yeah. they are joyful. They are pigs and goats and sheep. And... Well, I had one pig here who didn't like people. Oh, So she did her own thing. But when I was growing up, we had a couple of pigs and they led to hilarious, hilarious incidents because when they're small, they're all terribly, terribly cute and people have this idea of miniature pig. A miniature pig is a pig under 300 kilos. Oh. There is no miniature, miniature pig. And the trouble is you can't help cuddling them as piglets. They're cute and they're fun and everything. When it's 300, 400 kilos, he still thinks he's fun. But your sofa takes a beating because you've had him on the sofa. You've kept yeah. him while you've watched TV. You can't resist it. You'll put him in a little pulley and everything, you know. And then he's still sitting on the sofa at 300, 400 kilos. Now, my dad was unfortunately only 120 kilos. And there's no neck that you can yank the pig off the sofa. Yes, of course. He could screech all he likes, get down! The pig would go like, Pfft. Yeah, and then he would sit on the pig. And the sofa, and then our pigs grew up with the idea that everybody carries jaggery in their pockets. Oh. So when they would spot somebody coming onto the property, they would go like, <laughs> yeah, and it took a fairly strong nerve of an unknown person when you have this 400 kilo pig charging at you with his mouth open and the dogs afterwards because the dogs took longer to wake up 
<laughs> and he was like, jaggery, 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 except they didn't understand that. And dad would sit there and say, okay, 100 bucks that he'll turn and run by that bush. Mom used to say, no, 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 he'll manage it to the tree, you know. <laughs> is, um, uh, is having rodents and rats a problem with so much food around? Massive you? problem. How do you deal with that? You just ignore them. There's nothing you can do. Sure. I'm not into rat poison as much as they call it medicine here. Mm. Uh, I don't do rat traps, you know. Mm. And anyway, even if you get the so-called humane rat traps, mm. they last three days, four days, and then the rats have said, avoid it. And then they don't come near it. They're not stupid. Yeah. They communicate with each other as well. So whichever animals you've had, they all seem to understand human language once they used they do so you will find the norm in india is two to three languages per household you'll have your english you'll have your local language and you'll have the staff talking another language yeah the dog is expected to understand it all i'm fascinated by this everybody expects the dog to understand the servant and you and yeah yeah, yeah. everybody yeah. nobody bothers to learn the dog language mm. then people say well how can they communicate with us and uh, it'll be, well, how do they communicate with each other? Or yeah. people coming here, oh, he's barking, he's barking. I said, yeah, he's talking, you're talking. People yes. who complain about dogs barking in flats. Yeah, have you heard your Diwali music? People yeah. who come here and say it smells. I said, yeah, it's called petrichor. Hmm. That is the rain. This is mud. This is proper what earth smells like. They come from the city. They don't know what earth smells like. They'll run around with a handkerchief like this. I said, you look like a bandit and you're scaring the dogs. And they do. They react badly to, you know, things over people's faces. Oh, they need they, to see the face. Like right. yeah. yeah. Because that is their way of approaching. They're looking and they're checking that other out. Mm. Whether it's another dog or it's another. It's body language. Mm. And uh, yes, then they communicate. A mother communicates to her infants. A mother communicates with another dog or another hunter or a predator or a prey. Or So everybody communicates. And so they're probably communicating with each other as well, the cats to the dogs. Of course. And... But if you don't take the time to listen, mm. okay, they're not going to discuss high politics with you. Mm -hmm. yes. You are not going to have a discussion about embroidery or jam making. But if you ask the basic questions, you get told. You just have to trust yourself. I mean, we've had various communicators here. I had one French lady who says, I've never been laughed at. She said, I've done, you know, did my animal die? And did I do all that was necessary? And is my animal dead? It ran away or whatever. She's trying to talk to the rats to saying, look, you've got food. You got just do you have to do so much damage? And she says, and they were, they were literally all lined up on the cupboard. And they, she says, I'm being laughed at. Thank and when you. I tell people rats are the ideal pet for a young child. Ideal pet. You can take it anywhere. It lasts three years. Um, the child learns about death, about age, about babies, about everything. And they will protect their their companion, human companion. I have seen cases which even the cops have stood there and shook their hand, heads. But I have seen them stop child kidnapping. I have seen rats really protect humans if they are. And wow. they are great for 
handicapped, children in hospitals, have a rat next to it, keeps it the kid alive because you have to keep still after an open heart surgery, you know. Animals in hospitals are very important, but animals are an important fact of life, you know. They don't have to be used in laboratory research. I think that is the most horrendous thing. So we'll try, try and wrap it up, but before we finish off, um, any advice to the audience? Be kind. It doesn't cost you anything. Wherever you are in the world, be kind. You want your children to be kind to you when you're old and infirm? Be kind now because you are teaching them how to be cruel and callous. Don't come crying in 20 years and say, oh, they chucked us out of the flat or they beat up my father. You have taught them this behavior. Be kind. Start with a bowl of water, but clean water whether it's for the birds or for the dogs downstairs, those dogs will protect you. They are better than the watchman who falls asleep, gets drunk, has a union. Sterilize <laughs> them, vaccinate them, and have dogs instead. I don't have a problem. Nobody comes and robs my place. And, and how um, anybody who wants to help probably paradise in any way well, we're, on, we're on social media we're on facebook we're on instagram yeah uh, we're on whatsapp and all they have to do is google probably paradise uh, they will find out how to visit us maps are on them we are not unknown yeah and I, I, i've also noticed that you're welcoming people all the time and you're saying all the time yes Come and see for yourself. Come and experience it. And people say we've never been to such a place where the cow comes and the ponies come and the dogs and cats come and um, everybody's living their own thing. As long as you don't grab them and hug them and clutch them. And I never understand that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Roxanne.